Hey everyone, this is Julia. Welcome back to another episode of Gesso Girls. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I know your time is your most valuable thing, so I so appreciate you guys taking a moment to listen to the show. Um, I also know that we probably have a couple new listeners, and um, if you're anything like me, I don't always go back to the very beginning episode of a podcast, usually because, well, I honestly, if I think if I listen back to one of some of our first episodes, I would probably cringe because they're not usually the best ones. Um, um, so I wanted to give you guys, anyone who's new here, a little bit of a, you know, background on me, just in case you don't already know me. It'll be quick. Um, I am Julia. Obviously, I'm a painter who is was born and raised in Chicago. I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and um, I didn't start out that way, though. I actually initially went to uh, high school and was, you know, a very good student. And I'm not saying that to like toot my own horn. It plays into the into the story. But you know, I was like classically a good student, you know, and um, got good grades. And so um, the idea of me going to art school or pursuing art was like that's a waste of talent, right? Like, oh my gosh, what a waste of talent to you're so smart. Like, why would you go to art school? Which, first of all, I'd like to comment on is so flawed. The fact that me being smart meant that I couldn't. I shouldn't waste my talent and do art. Um, that's a whole other podcast episode. But anyway, um, I you know, was kind of pressured into then going to more of a traditional school. I mean, it was mostly my decision. I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. Um, and I went to Boston College, which is a great school. No shade to Boston College. Um, I just was not a fit for me on multiple levels. And especially because I realized when I was there that I was deeply unhappy and I was pursuing a dream that was not mine. And I actually was very out of touch with what my dream even was, but I knew the one thing that was constant was that I wanted to pursue art and that I wanted to be, I think a painter was always the idea for me and creating images was really what I've always been drawn to doing and working um, with my hands in that way. Like I've always been a maker when I was in high school. I actually started my own baking business because I found it so satisfying to create a product that was gonna make somebody really happy and um, you know put it out into the world and that like immediate kind of gratification I guess of like making something making someone's someone happy and having that kind of exchange um, and connection in that way and I felt like I was serving and I really loved the idea of you know like serving someone in that way and I think that you know when I did decide to uh, transfer to art school that was where I started to struggle a bit because I was struggling with the idea of like I know I'm somebody who likes to serve I know I'm somebody who likes to make other people happy and um, that has gotten me into trouble at times with people pleasing but I do believe that genuinely that's a, a positive trait of mine and that you know I can do that within boundaries right um, and that's something that I you know I find very satisfying and actually very fulfilling for me rather than draining um, so I I, you know, felt lost in art school because I felt like art school really preached a very like individualistic mentality, you know, kind of a little bit like competitive and like these are my ideas and like, you know, this is my like own cerebral thought and it's like contained in my brain and then I'm putting it out in the world and you better like it or leave it. And that was really hard for me because I was like, I want to please people. I want to make other people happy with my art, but that was like a bad thing in art school. That was like, that's like second tier, you know, maybe 
third tier art, you know, the art that makes people happy. Like the art should make you think, you know, it shouldn't make you happy. And, um, so I, I definitely felt out of place and I, you know, I melded with the crowd and I did what I had to do to like get by in art school, but I left feeling really lost and really confused on like where to take my journey because, you know, what I knew I loved to do or what I thought I loved about art was some suddenly not okay. Like that was not an okay method of creating. And so, um, I really like floundered for a bit and I was really all over the place in terms of style. Cause I had definitely changed my style dramatically throughout the course of art school. Once again, like I said, to fit in, I think in a lot, in a lot of ways, I was still kind of trying to make people happy, trying to please people. Um, but doing so in a way that was not being honest to myself. So, you know, I, Everyone kept telling me like, you need to start showing your work. If you wanted to do art full time, start showing your work. But I was like, I don't even know what I want to show. I don't even know what kind of art I'm creating. And you know, I, I had to start somewhere and I, I just started to like really play around. I was still living at home. Was, my studio was in my parents' basement. Um, and I was all over the map, like I said, in terms of style, but I knew that one thing kind of remained like kind of consistent for me and that I really loved color. And funny enough, color was something that I really didn't do a lot of in art school. I felt like at the time everything was like black and white and like neutrals and things like that and very toned down. So this kind of felt like a little bit of a rebellion to be really colorful. So I knew color was it and um, subject matter that really like felt as if it like tied in was was flowers and I was also living at home and my mom's a big gardener and so it felt like something that you know natural like she's creating something like beautiful in the backyard and I'm gonna paint it um, and I know that it makes her happy and it was sort of once again getting kind of getting back in touch with the like service side of my creative practice the side that wants to you know evoke a feeling of happiness for people and um, that was kind of the start of it. And so I really dove into the florals. And as you know, if you follow me on Instagram that I'm still there, I do other things of course, but flowers are definitely something that have become a bit of my like trademark. Um, and so I started, you know, finally once that started to become a little bit more um, coherent, a little bit more clear as like, that's my thing. Um, although not all of them looked you know, necessarily tied together in terms of style or aesthetic. Um, I knew that I at least had enough of like an idea and a body of work to feel like, okay, if I were to apply to an art festival, like maybe, maybe, maybe I would get accepted. And I luckily had a really awesome friend and mentor, um, a friend of my, my parents who actually, when I was a little girl, had taught me art lessons who had done the whole art festival tour, like kind of in the, um, just in the Chicagoland area and like had a tent and everything. And she really encouraged me, you know, to apply and told me which ones were good and, um, told me like how, you know, I should work on my application, you know, and all that stuff. And I really, you know, I, I had very low expectations. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to get into any festival. Like, I really don't think I'm that good. And I had a lot, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of doubt about, even going to these festivals. First of all, I felt like I was, you know, I was fresh out of college. I was 22 and like all these people, I, when I would go to art festivals seemed like they were well-established and I was like, I'm not established. And so that kind of insecurity definitely was very loud in my brain when I first start, started to do these festivals was like, well, who am I? And um, that actually, so to back up a little bit, this episode, in case you haven't noticed, it's gonna be about showing work and about art festivals in particular. 
and I am going to be answering some of the questions, concerns that you guys have had about art festivals that I posed on my story. And there have been some general themes, and one of the themes I've noticed is, you know, feeling afraid that you're not going to be good enough or that, you know, A, even applying, you're not going to get in and that kind of rejection. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, like I was rejected from more art festivals than I had, than I was accepted um, that first time around. But, you know, I also, I was like, hey, at least I got into one <laughs> or I think that summer I got into three. So I was like, I got into three. Okay. So like I have three art festivals and, you know, maybe I'll get better and I'll have like, for example, one of the things you need for art festival applications is a booth shot. So a photo of your tent, you know, if you will, and your setup so that they have an idea of like, you know, you look professional, you know, you're not like totally all over the place. Um, and I didn't even have that, right? Cause I was like, I've never done this before. And so I took a picture of like my paintings, like in a part of my house that was like relatively like white or whatever, like white walls kind of, and um, just tried to make that look okay and miraculously like i said three festivals accepted me um and yeah so i got into the hinsdale art festival my first time around which was awesome which is actually a very good festival it's not one to sneeze at like i did it th this year actually too like it's a good festival and so i was really proud of getting into that one the other ones i got into were a lot more like crafty than they were like fine art but that was like the one fine art festival that i got into and i was like this is great um, so I was very excited about it, but another trend that came up in the questions, um, well, actually first, let me go back and address a little bit of that fear of not being good enough. So before I move on to the other things, so the fear of not being good enough, right? So like, as I was, you know, even though I was accepted to Hinsdale, that fear of being, not being good enough, like didn't go away. If anything, it got louder. I'm like, oh my God, now I actually have to to do it like what if I just edited those photos like really well and you know are those you know whatever they like those three paintings I submitted but like they're not gonna like the rest of it and or like what if still what if nobody buys any of my work I go there and I look like an idiot and no one buys anything so like that was still like super super present in my brain but I one of the things that I kept reminding myself of was a every artist at these festivals had their first festival at one point every single one of them there you know, had it, no matter how, like you look at those tents and some of them look like, like I said, very intimidating, very professional. Maybe some of them are lucky and they had friends who loaned them, like I did, like once again, I had a friend who loaned me her tent. Um, eventually I bought it from her. Um, and so like I had that sort of setup, but it was like, you know, kind of a fake it till you make it situation for sure. But every single artist at these festivals has had their first festival, has had those same thoughts of feeling like they're gonna look like an idiot. And this is where you start, right? Like this is the beginning and it's not the end. And the first festival, let me just, you know, break the ice to you, like break it to you guys. It's not going to be your best festival. I mean, I, I will say, I think I did well because I had a lot of family and friends show up to support me, but it was not my best festival. And my God, imagine if it had been like, that'd be, that'd be weird. That'd be weird if it was my best festival. So I, you know, did my best to change my expectations in that moment and realize that it's going to be okay. This is a learning experience. And I tried my best to approach it from that standpoint of like, I'm going to learn a lot about myself, my work, my customers, other artists at the festivals. And I really took it from, I tried my best. I mean, like once again, it's really hard to not get caught up in like sales and numbers 
to look at it from that perspective of like, this is a learning experience. This is market research, like to get all like sterile about it, I guess, and a little bit, you know, um, business minded. And that was what, how I tried my best to go into it. And it was very interesting. I did learn a lot. I learned a lot about how, like, how to set up my tent so that people could easily like move through it. Cause like, I felt like people maybe would get a little bit like lost and stuff. And then Anyway, like I learned a lot just by being there from other artists and from, you know, my own, you know, experience with customers of like what worked well for me, because what might work well for me might also not work well for every artist at this festival, right? Like we all paint different things. We all, you maybe you're in sculpture, maybe you're ceramics, like how you set up your tent is not how a painter would set up their tent if you're making ceramics, right? So this is all very individual information and there's no way to actually learn that until you go and you do it. And so, you know, you can listen to every podcast out there, you know, me talking about my art festival experience. You can, you know, go on Reddit and read everything, but you know, you're not going to really get it and you're not really going to know until you do. And that is the beauty and the, the terror of it, honestly. And that is honestly how, um, Every single festival is, guys. Every single festival is, and I don't know. I don't know. It could be great. It could be crap. There could be bad weather. There could be nobody who shows up. There could be a pandemic. You have, you don't know. There, there is a lot of art festivals that we as artists don't have any control of. We don't have control over. I mean, we obviously have control over what festivals we participate in, but we don't know how well the facilitators of this art festival are going to promote it. You know, like there's a lot that we don't have control over. And so embracing as, you know, as much as you can, that unknown and realizing that it has so like, you know, your sales and you know, how maybe your, how many people see your work is very much not up to you. And so judging the experience of an art festival, even for example, like I've had years of the same festival, like I've done Hinsdale now, it would have been four years, but I didn't do last year for, I've done three years now. And every time is distinctly different even though it's the same town the same facilitator i have my same tent obviously different art um every year is very different and that's just how it is it's like you don't know what you're get, gonna get it's like fishing you can go back to the same you're gonna go back to the same you know fishing pond but you know the fish have changed or maybe the that, that year, the people who were buying last year aren't buying this year, whatever it is. Like it's, there's a lot that is up to chance. And so reminding yourself that so much of this is not about your art. It's so rarely, if ever, like if there's one thing you're gonna take away from this episode, I'm gonna like say it three times. It is rarely about your art. It is rarely about your art. One more time. It is rarely about your art. Like, honestly, I have to say that like, there are some amazing artists. And so I'm going to get into my experience from this past weekend that go to these festivals, have beautiful, stunning work, and they don't sell a single thing. And they have the most professional looking tent. And I know you're probably not going to believe me when I, when I tell you that, but I know them. I've met them. I talked to them at the festivals. I know it. And so it's, it might, you might go to these festivals as like a patron be like, wow, that guy's work is amazing. I'm sure he's selling everything. Not always. And then you might look at somebody else's tent who's like, eh, mediocre. And they're selling like hotcakes. And you're like, what? 
that's happened too. There is really no rhyme or reason to it. And embracing the fact that there's really no rhyme and reason to it is the most freeing thing and terrifying as well. Um, because I think if we get so caught up in the numbers with these art festivals of like, did I make my money back? Did I make it worth it? You know, I, I think that's where we run into trouble and where I know I have too. And I think of anything, if you listen to my past episode about art festivals, you know, granted it, I had been a year, it had been a year since I had done one. So like, I think some of that was what I said about, you know, making sure you make your money back. It was, you know, totally true. I mean, you want to try and set yourself up for success, but, and make sure you have enough inventory and the, and maybe a good range of price points, um, which I'll get into more, but you know, that you can't, and I think I did say this, you can't look at it at, you know, one festival at a time. You kind of have to look, look at it over the course of an entire season. And that's why I do encourage you don't just do one festival. Um, unless of course, okay. Like I, I, I'll also talk about this. I think there are maybe some times where you could be strategic about it. And if you know, you have a decent following of people who are going to show up for you and you have a new, like launch happening and a whole new series coming out and you like time it with that and so like you just do one in a summer but it's like you know it's gonna be good because people are gonna show up to see your new series whatever like there are there's ways to do just one but i think it's smarter to plan to do more than one because like i said it's like fishing you might have a really great weekend in the same pond you might have a really crummy weekend in a different pond you know and whatever it's just this it's it's gonna be it's hard to really judge an entire, you know, and A, it's unfair to judge your art off the success or failure of one festival, just as it is, um, you know, and so it's much more, it's much better to judge it over the course of, you know, all the data that you have, like many different festivals, many different, you know, touch points with people like online and whatever. So, um, getting back to some of you guys's, you know, concerns and questions was, you know, and I think at the root of a lot of this that I'm even talking about right now is the fear of not selling a single thing or selling like very little and feeling like you failed. And that is very real. I will raise my hand that it that has happened to me. I have been there and Hey, I survived. I, I lived through it. Was it fun? No. Did it feel like a little bit of a waste of a weekend? A hundred percent. And it was, I, upset and disappointed and did I you know have a week afterwards where I just felt down about it yeah yeah that happened that happened but I survived I survived and I guarantee and then here's the funny part is some of those festivals where I've not sold a single thing and I've had like really you know just really felt shitty about it um like three weeks later someone bought like a large painting off my website because they had gone home and thought about it and they had seen it. So like there, there, I had made my money back and then some from that one sale, but it took three weeks after the festival. And that, you know, that has not always been the case. Like I've have had straight up festivals where like, it feels like literally nothing has come out of it. Um, but I think a better approach to these festivals is think of it as a mark as like a marketing companies spend millions of dollars, guys, millions on advertising and marketing. If you spend, let's say you do three festivals and I'm going to just put an average as like a booth fee around $300. You spend under a thousand dollars, you spend $900 on marketing for these three marketing events 
for an entire year, that's incredible. <laughs> that's like not a lot. And you got a lot of eyeballs on your work and hopefully you did actually sell something, but you need to maybe be a little bit more on the, in the marketing business mind than you are in the like sales mind when you go to these festivals, because those are usually the people who succeed. If you are really trying to make clear, you know, your aesthetic, your personality, who you are, when you go to these festivals, a, you're going to connect with people far more easily than if you just come across as someone who's like just trying to sell them something. Um, and also, I think it's like you're going to have a much better time. You're going to be like way less stressed. And so, you know, I'm not saying I did that perfectly. Um, so Hinsdale Art Festival, I did whenever this episode comes out um, in the beginning of June. And I, I think the first day I was very much like, oh my gosh, I need to sell something, like whatever. And then the second day, and I did sell things. And then the second day, I didn't really sell much at all. Um, but I had tried to switch my perspective back to like, this is, you know, this is just me trying to meet people. And I had a lot of really great connections and genuine people that I met and other artists. And who knows what'll come of it. Like I might, there were a couple people who were interested in potential commissions. Like they might reach out to me. I don't know. Um, but I know that I definitely got some new people who followed me. I got new, um, artist friends that I met. And so those sorts of things are kind of invaluable, right? Like you can't really put a price tag on what that relationship is or what that relationship could turn into as well. So it's just all about the networking thing. And I really believe like very firmly that judging art festivals and your sales purely off of numbers is not going to benefit you or, or any, you know, in general. And I know that's so hard because as artists, we hear like, you know, you want to, you want to get paid. We deserve to get paid, but it might not be your first, the first summer you do art festivals probably won't be very, won't be very lucrative. I mean, it might, it might, but it probably won't be. And that's okay. And like, cause you have to start somewhere and the more you show up and the more people get to know you and build a relationship with you, those are the people who are going to buy from you. So I'm going to tell you a little story about this past weekend. So I was at my booth was between two artists, um, two different, like one was a photographer and one was like a very much like a fine art painter who did very beautiful, like kind of abstract landscapes and some just very like abstract um, pieces that were really gorgeous, like really vivid color, um, loved his work, honestly, but they were very large. And the price point was like, you know, $3,000 a painting, his like cheapest pieces were $500, like for a watercolor. And that were, that were large, by the way, like all very large, um, which I think is totally valid. Like, I think those are perfect prices for his work. His work is very professional looking like he's got it beautifully framed like 100% like I think that's what his his work is worth and um when I was setting up next to him I'm like oh my god this guy's gonna have like you know a, a, an amazing weekend like he's gonna sell out like his work is unbelievable and we're in like a very you know wealthy neighborhood like people can pay that um and then the person across from me was a photographer and okay I I'm like like kind of hurts my body to even like be saying this out loud, but I'm just, I need to say this so that you guys get an idea and cause you'll, you'll know what I mean, but you know how some work is clearly like not thoughtful, <laughs> you know, like some work is just like, oh, that's just, 
that's just pretty. And like, hey, this is coming from me. And I know my work can sometimes to a lot of people just be like, just pretty. So like, I am, this is not a dig. This is just like, her for her photographs were just like a vase of flowers and or then it was like this like really like almost like fairy tale like looking like landscape you know and like like not a lot of like consistency in content and then there was like a photograph of like sailboats you know it was like not a lot of consistency of like concept or anything like that I mean just like pretty stuff you know like just generically I guess that's the best word to say like classically generically pretty I guess or like it was kind of the stuff that like you go to, you know, if you go on a vacation home, you go to a vacation home and you'd like, that would be the photograph you would see on the wall because it's not like someone spent like a bunch of money on something nice, but it's like, that'll do. That'll do. That'll hold her. <laughs> like that's the kind of photographs like I would say. And I, I like, I'm sad. I feel like bad at like saying this out loud, but like, and, but the thing is she also had her photographs then put onto shawls, which was really, which was cool. Like that was cool. And that like worked out well for her. Um, and she also had them on pillows too. So she had like a variety of different kinds of work within just like the photographs. But this woman did so well, guys, like so well. Like, she almost sold that on all of her shawls. I was like shocked. And then like her pillows and she had blankets too. And, and she sold like several like large photographs. I don't know how much money she made. I, I actually don't know. Like I know her shawls are going for like $75 a shawl. And I, I don't know. I think the woman probably made like three grand this weekend. I was like, whoa, like man. And then here I was like, it was just a crazy. So yeah, she did like phenomenal. And it was like, I was not expecting that. But do you know what she did, guys? Do you know what she did that like really worked? A, she was a very nice person, very like, personable like sat at like the front of her booth the whole time and was also okay so then this is like all like not pc but whatever okay so a lot of the people at this art festival were elderly white people okay like elderly white people and like i know the type my my grandma is this person right like i i, I know these people like I, I live with these people like you know and I can totally see it. Like, oh yeah, my grandma would 100% buy that shawl. Like she would. It's like, and so it was like perfect market for her stuff. Like it's like this little, like I would never buy a shawl with like a hummingbird on it, like a, a photograph of a hummingbird on it. But my grandma 100% would buy that. And so she like knew her audience. She would see those little old ladies going by and she'd be like, you know, and she would just compliment them about something like oh like I love your hat or whatever and then you know they would stop and then they'd look at the shawls and be like oh she's like oh do you like the shawl like let me show you I'm wearing one and then she'd like make them feel special because she put it on their shoulders and then they would be like and then she had a little mirror and then they like felt pretty in the moment and she made them feel really pretty and it was like an experience right and then as they were in there looking at you know with her shawl they were then looking at her other photos and they're like oh my gosh I want the I want the photo to match my shawl like never in a million years would I have thought someone would want those two things you know but whatever like it it worked for her and it worked well because she created an experience she created a connection and then she created this like sent this like sentiment of like oh I have the shawl that matches that photograph like how cool and by the way, this is also making me want to like now do shawls or some sort of like clothing material with my paintings. But anywho, she did like a, such a great job of like, yeah, her work was not the best work at the festival, like not even close, like, but 
she did the best job, I think, of like connecting with people and creating relationships. And like people who had bought stuff from her in previous years would come by and say hello because they made her, because she made them feel special. She made it about them. So going back to my initial thing that I said at the beginning of this episode was, I know I'm somebody who likes to create things that make other people happy. And something that makes other people happy usually has a lot to do has to do with them not with me you know like they don't know me like they're not gonna buy a picture of my dog they would buy a picture of their own dog because that would make them happy you know and they're they don't know anything about these photos that this woman took like they don't care about necessarily like the sailboats or the tulips in a vase or whatever but she made them feel special with the shawl or the pillow or whatever and she made some sort of connection and that's when they felt happy and they felt like they had some like something was special and that moment about her about them and that was what was created now i'm going to switch over to my really impressive really like you know fine art painter that was beside me who had those like I said those beautiful abstract landscapes beautiful just like abstract paintings that were like stunning um he didn't create a personal connection ever he just let people walk by if they stopped to say like wow that's beautiful he would start describing an experience he had had you know like oh yeah like I was traveling through California And it was, you know, the sun was coming up and it was really beautiful and it was such like a stunning experience, but it was about his experience, right? Once again, like, you know, we're kind of taught, like once again, go back to art school stuff. Like we go to the art institute and we look at these beautiful Monet paintings and we're like, oh my gosh, it was from his experience when he did that. And it's cool, but like, but he's not Monet. (laughs) Like, I mean, to put it bluntly and and neither am I and neither are you. Like, I mean, we, we are, you know, at these art festivals, I think we have to humble ourselves a little bit and make it less about our own experience and more about the customer's experience. Because, and I know that sounds like, I'm sure, I'm sure some of you guys are listening to this and going like, ew, ew, ew. Like you're like having like a repulsive reaction to this like story right now of like, oh my God, like that's like, sounds like selling out, but like, no, it's not. It's just how business and sales work works like it's literally how it works and so if he had just it could that painting could still for him be very much about beautiful california landscape that he drove through with his mom okay or he could have said when that person asked when they said oh i love that you could say you could have said what do you love about it and then they would have had to stop and say like oh i guess i really love the colors oh yeah like oh what do you like about those colors I, I guess I really love the, you know, the oranges in it. Oh, so you like, you like warmer tones, right? And then you're like, yeah, like, oh, why, why do you like those so much? I, I'm really drawn to them too. And then see like, oh, I guess I love them because, you know, I grew up, I grew up in California and I love like those warm t- and tones. And then you say like, wow, oh, well, funny enough, this, this painting is inspired by California. So that's perfect. That's why it spoke to you. That's why, like, it's because you're from there. So you're drawn to that. If he had just done that, I guarantee he would have sold that painting. Guarantee it. And it's very similar to what, if he had just taken that approach that like my across the hall neighbor had done with her photography and making, you know, she used the shawls as like an entry point, right? With paintings, it's a little harder to do that. I mean, you're not like, 
you know, you're not putting some the painting on them, but you can have a conversation. And if you, when someone says they like something in your tent or your booth or whatever, and you, if you just simply always responded with, what do you like about it? They'd have to say something and then you could ask another question and then you'll like learn more about them. And then, you know, you can create a connection there and you can create some sort of sentiment. I, I tried this approach. So I was kind of like absorbing this and I, I don't, I wouldn't say I did the best job at, at Hinsdale, like actually implementing this. Cause I was trying to like figure out like, like, I'm like, what is going on here? Like his work is stunning. His work absolutely should be selling her work on paper should not be like, what is going on? And I was like somewhere in the middle. Right. And, um, I, anyway, so like, it took me a couple weeks to like figure this out for myself of like, Oh my God, that was what was happening. Um, so I did uh, this past weekend, I had an event at, um, Saks Fifth Avenue and I really tried to, to do that where if someone stopped like at my, at my little table that I had going on and they were like, Oh, I love that. I'd be like, Oh, like, do you like flowers? And then they would say like, yeah, I do. I'm like, Oh, what's your favorite flower? And then they would say like, Oh, I love roses. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I do too. Like here, I just did this rose one. Like, do you like it? What color rose do you like? Not like I'm trying to sell it to them, but like, Oh, I just did that. I did roses. Like I love them. What color is your favorite? I'm not trying to sell it to them, but then they might stop and be like, Oh, that is so pretty. And I would say I had more success and more like genuine connections at Saks Fifth Avenue than I did when I was at Hinsdale for that very reason, because I was trying to implement what I had learned. And so, you know, this may or may not result in more sales for you, but it will result in more connections in more natural segues for you to give someone your business card. Because, you know, someone is handing you a business card. You're kind of like, okay, cool. Like, I like your work, but not that much. But if you had actually stopped and talked, like you'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll check you out on Instagram. Like, cool, like you're a cool person. And they would actually do that. And then they might follow your work and maybe a couple months down the line might actually buy something. So for nothing else, like you're just, you're getting somebody new to sign on for for you and for your work. And that's how you have to approach it, I think. Um, and so another big thing too that people said as a fear when it comes to art festivals is like, okay, you know, yeah, like what if I don't sell anything? But what if, oh my gosh, what if my family and my friends show up and they're the only ones who buy something? Like how embarrassing. I, sorry, I didn't mean to make that sound like a mocking thing. I'm honestly mostly mocking myself because that was 100% my perspective when um, my first couple art festivals, because if I'm being honest, I had a few sales that were not family and friends, but majority were family and friends. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're supporting me because they have to. And like, maybe that's true, but hey, like once again, going back to what I said before, the people who buy your work want to feel like they know you want to feel like they have a personal connection and like this is going to make them happy right now like them buying work from you is all about them they feel happy to support you and so they're that's why they're doing it you know when i buy i you know recently have bought a couple of my friends pieces of art obviously i like i love their work like don't get me wrong but part of me buying it was because it made me happy to support them and so it's the same philosophy. You need to apply the same philosophy of your friends and family buying your art to those air quotes strangers that are coming by. Um, not air quotes, they are strangers. To those strangers coming by. Like obviously they're not gonna love you like your family and friends do, 
but you want to have a little bit of a connection there. That's why your family and friends are always going to buy stuff from you. And so you need to create that. You need to create that and use that model that you have with family and friends and say like, okay, well that's working. My friends and family buying my art, that works. Like they do, they love me. How do I make other people love me? How do I make other people want to support me in that way? And rather than looking at that as like an embarrassing thing, that is data. Like once again, sorry guys, like I sound so analytical today of like, your friends and family buying your art is data. Like it's like, you know, use that as a model. Like, but I mean, kind of, right? It's like, clearly that works. Why does it work? Well, because they know you, because they love you, because they want to be there and support you. So another story from this Hinsdale Art Festival was that, um, was that a couple people who actually do follow me, who actually, you know, like know, like I guess know me from Instagram, who I don't know from Adam, like I'd never met in my entire life, like showed up this weekend or that weekend for Hinsdale and came and bought my work. And they did, they did that because they, they otherwise like weren't going to come to the festival at all. Like they didn't know anybody else there. They, they didn't even live in the area and they drove all the way to Hinsdale to come and see my art because they feel like they know me and because they like me from my Instagram presence. So it actually like really weirded my boyfriend out. He's like, cause he's not on social media at all. It didn't weird me out at all. I was like, this is awesome. Um, because he doesn't, he's not on social media at all. And he doesn't understand, like, he's like, isn't that, is, is that weird? Like that they like know where you are and they're, I'm like, no, <laughs> like, this is amazing. This is what's supposed, how it's supposed to be. Like, this is what having an online business is Kirk, you know, like, this is what it means. Like, he's like, it's just so like foreign to me. I'm like, welcome to the 21st century, you know? <laughs> so I, um, anyway, like, so that sort of thing can start happening once you start to get to know people like through the internet, whatever, like those people will start to come out for you and show up for you. Um, and so you can have events that you don't have to rely solely on the strangers to buy your work. You can have internet strangers come and buy your work. Um, it's the same sort of thing. You're just trying to catch someone in a moment, create a connection, um, have them stick around for a minute, and maybe they buy work right then because they really like your vibe and your work and who you are, or they decide to take a card and they buy something later or they follow you on Instagram. That is the goal, guys. The goal, that is the goal. It is, you, we, we don't wanna look at the numbers as much when we, go, we start these art festivals. And because, Truly, like I, at this point, at least for me, I know that, I mean, once again, this is speaking from my experience and not trying to project. I know that I do better through my online sales, through my mailing list, you know, than I do at art festivals at this point. Art festivals are kind of just like a little, or like I said, they're my marketing. They are my way to cast my net wider, to meet more people and artists, to gain experiences like this and share it with you guys. And I really hope that this, this has been helpful that this wasn't like Captain Obvious, like, oh, duh, like people are going to buy stuff for me if like, you know, they know me. But because I think that for some reason we we show up to these festivals and we think our work is going to speak for itself. And sometimes it does. Like I've had those moments too where someone has just like beeline to my tent and been like, oh my God, I connect with this so much. I want it. That has happened and that's beautiful. But that is more of the exception than the rule. And um, so we need to be prepared for both because even when that person comes to your tent and beelines it, they might, you might get there and you might not be super friendly and they're going to be like kind of put off by it, whatever, and then not buy it. So you need to be prepared to, you know, have your work, 
you know, hopefully your work, your work is beautiful. Not hopefully your work is beautiful. Your work is wonderful. You got into this festival for a reason, but you can't, that's a lot of pressure to put on your poor work to have it like carry itself completely without you. Like there's a reason that artists are present at art festivals. You, you need to be there to speak to the work and give you the work life. Um, the average person like really can't interpret, interpret everything maybe you meant to put into the piece of art that, that you have up. So it's your job to help it land, help it get there. And so that is, you know, that's what your job is. That is your job at this festival. You have to help it get there. Um, and I know that sounds exhausting. I know a lot of the time, like, I know for me, I get a lot of fatigue. Like it's been like, it's exhausting to like wake up early on the weekends and then like I've set up the day before and it's just like you kind of want to just like sit back and be like, all right, come to me and buy. But it's like you, you can't really do that. You have to be a bit more engaged than that. And that I think is the secret as I saw this past weekend. So um, I hope you guys found this helpful. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, if there's anything I didn't talk about about in terms of art festivals that you would like me to, um, you know, kind of pontificate on more, happy to do so. Please DM me at Julia Hagen underscore art or at Gesso Girls. I'm a little more responsive to the Julia Hagen art account than I am the Gesso Girls account, but um, Either, either will work. Um, and also follow me and follow Gesso Girls as well so you can stay up to date on new episodes coming out. Also, if you could leave us a review, that would be amazing. I know we have a couple in there, um, but they truly do help. And even if you're just like, it's great, five stars. <laughs> that helps. It does, it does a lot. It helps other people find the show. Um, if you want to share this episode with somebody who maybe had an art festival that they felt like wasn't awesome, or they have an art festival coming out, you know, an art festival coming up soon. And they want this kind of like reminder, please share the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for next week.